We have just finished the symposium on navigating transitions. We talked for two days about different aspects related to transitions of young people, not only to adulthood, because this is one of the transitions. There are a lot of other transitions that young people go through. We focused a lot on identifying challenges of transitions of young people. Uh, we also focused on identifying the policy responses. So what is still needed? What gaps are there? I'm having here four people in this podcast today, just right after the final session. Very different uh, people from very different backgrounds and different domains when it comes to addressing the issue that we have been discussing in this symposium. I have here with me Katrin Olt from Estonia, a policymaker, a member of the European Steering Committee for Youth in the Council of Europe, Marie-Claire Macalier from Ireland, a researcher, Zara Lavcha, a trainer and a youth work practitioner from Arminia, and Clotilde Talleu, a manager of the EU Council of Europe Youth Partnership. I think the first question should be about your expectations. Whenever you go to an event like this, you probably come with certain expectations, sometimes small to avoid disappointment, sometimes very big, and you may be disappointed as a result of that. Uh, sometimes reasonable, so you thought it over. How was it with you? What kind of expectations you came here with? And uh, do you feel they are fulfilled or do you feel that there was something that was missing? For me, it was very important to see the people who are going to come here. It's a spe special group bringing together both policymakers and researchers and practitioners and young people from projects. So it was really the possibility to, to meet everyone to have this discussion. For me, the expectations have three sides. Uh, I wanted to have a discussion and a meet, uh, an update on what we mean when we say youth today is the concept still standing as it's an age group or we are going beyond because this question of how how someone is feeling young is, is changing over time. I wanted to see and understand a bit more about navigation and where are actually the, the people navigating around and what do they actually need to know and have in order to navigate. And of course, to look at what is the transition. We're having a very standard view or we used to have a very standard view of what is the transition, what is the transition to adulthood, to the work, to employment, to her. But then what today is the concept of transitions and how, how difficult it has been for many people, especially in the crisis situations. So it was really a lot of boxes that I expected to open, which actually materialized a lot. So I'm going with more boxes which are open. Well, it's a tricky question for me because first when I saw the title of the symposium and I decided to apply for participation, I understood that it will be about all the most typical transitions young people face. And then when I read the concept of the event, I realized that I had misunderstood because then it seemed to be more about overcoming the impact of COVID, which is also interesting for me, but it didn't seem that wide an approach, but which was still fine. But then when I came here and I started to interact with people, something unexpected happened because Albanian young people and also researchers and youth workers approached me 
And I was discovering more and more about their realities and their perspectives. And uh, I think it's the main gain. Very clear. Yeah, like the, the previous speakers, I think the concept of navigating transition is really important. And it's something that's certainly central to, to youth research and policy. I was really interested in how that manifested in the context of COVID. So my expectations were met. And I think I was very interested in the idea of that elongation or of youth transitions prior to COVID and that being a key part. And I think the symposium really generated a lot of interesting discussion about what that actually means in real life for young people, how that impacts in their lives day to day in particular areas of policy and how important research is in ensuring that the lived experience of young people to, to really inform the policy response to that. Okay, Clotilde, I have a question to you. You probably had expectations as well, for sure, both probably on different levels, on personal level and also institutional level, because you are the organizer of this event. So how do you feel about your expectations? Do you feel they are fulfilled on both levels, on personal and on institutional level? Okay, maybe to start with, I would say the institutional level, with this symposium on navigating transitions, we wanted to offer a rule to people from the youth sector to reconnect after a two-year pandemic, to have this opportunity to discuss, to share their experience, to share their ideas, and also, yes, to, to network as well. And I think that this expectation was fulfilled. I think many people, I would say, enjoyed the fact that they they were able to, to reconnect with some people in different sectors, policy, policy makers, practitioners, researchers, youth activists, as well as young people. Then on the concept of transitions, there was also some expectations on an institutional level. The idea was to discuss, of course, the impact of the current crisis and also changing realities on young people's transitions. And also to identify what are their needs in the whole. What are the needs of young people? And I think that it's also important now to get back to young people and to ask them also what are their needs, what are their aspirations, and to build something also on that. More, I would say, personal level, I had also my own, I would say, opinion and idea of what is transitions to adulthood. And of course, we think about employment because it's the first thing we, we think about and also maybe forming a family. But I realize also, because I'm not, I would say, an expert on transitions, that it is something with so many dimensions that are, I would say, very important also for young people. Participation, for instance, engagement is also important. It's something that for me is, I would say, a lesson learned also on a personal view. Thank you for this. This was one of the things that have been discussed and tackled quite many times during the symposium, the understanding of the transitions and understanding it in the classical way as kind of linear process and kind of different ways nowadays. Although it might be the case that for many young people, this is still a very linear process. But I think that what you all mentioned here is that the impact of this, I would say, crisis that we experienced, which was the COVID-19 first, and then the war in Ukraine. And we have been talking with Ukrainian participants as well in the podcast. It had a big impact on transitions on very different levels, not only to adulthood, to very different levels, becoming an active citizen. And we have heard that almost 90% of Ukrainians now are professional volunteers, that 
It has never happened before. And so there are very different transitions which were affected by what was happening in the world around. And these were very big highlights, I think, in this symposium. So what were the highlights for you? What was your learning? Something that you consider important for yourself? I could have asked you actually, what are you taking with you from this symposium? I think, you know, reflecting on the discussions that and the papers that were presented, that many of the talking points showed a lot of commonality amongst the experience of young people in relation to things like precarity, the challenges that they face because of the elongated transition period. Um, I think, interestingly, you know, I was aware of research that highlighted the pivotal role of youth work and the impact on young people in terms of mental health and anxiety. But I was hearing positive stories as well about, you know, as you mentioned, the increase in volunteering, the activism, the active citizenship of young people engaging in intergenerational projects. But I think one key question that I've come away with thinking about that was posed by in one of the workshops that I was in was the question that remains as to what the legacy is of in particular COVID, whether it will have a long term scarring effect on young people or 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 whether they will recover unscathed from this period in history. And I think that leaves loads of scope for researchers and policymakers to, to address, and maybe particularly in relation to the mental health, the decline in mental health, the social anxiety, the implications in relation to um, what one participant called, you know, that social isolation and lack of social engagement during a really key part of their youth. So a lot a lot over the last two days, but in particular that was something that I come away thinking about. For me, there are, I think, three, four points which are really essential that I'm taking away with me, also for my practice as well. One of the speakers shared that it seems that a lot of the current policies are reproducing the old models or they are addressing based on reproducing the old models with the, the policy decisions that there are there. And this really struck me because somehow you know things are changing, you know the situations are changing on a both intuitive but also at a rational level. But then it seems so, so where it seems that the policies are not fast enough to, to reflect and to respond to this. And this is something which I think we really have a role to play as educators, as people who are working with all the sides, with young people, but also the policymaker, also the researchers, also the parents, also people around young people, also from different sectors, not only the youth sector. The second thing which also struck me a, a lot was how much in many countries young people have faced COVID in the same way. Because youth is also a state of mind, state of soul. Doesn't matter if you're in Ireland, in Estonia, or in Armenia, there are some things which are very age and yeah, situation specific and how much really the, the impact of this isolation has really isolated us from each other a lot. The young people now and also the older people, we're used to mobility now, we're used to transitions back and forth and this is a norm, this is normal now to be also searching for you. And it seems that crises are just putting us back into very linear lives and very linear solutions and very isolated solutions. And this, I think, is very, very dangerous effect that we will be also seeing afterwards. I think the last important thing that I'm taking away 
is again when we talk about transitions especially transition to adulthood as a specific topic we talk a lot about housing employment but now the civic engagement is really coming into picture which i don't think was ever before and now it's just so important how you grow into a citizen a critically reflecting citizen who is ready to do things and this is really also part of us becoming something else something different something of better you as you are. And maybe the last thing, we somehow are always pushed into action, 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 and it's important to do things and move things. But I always think, okay, but we also need this moment of reflection before the action. And this platform here has really been the place to really reflect and open questions without rushing into answers, but really to open questions which are relevant and important to also digest a bit more. Yeah. Being a reflective practitioner is something that's important. Katrin, there's a lot of talks about youth policy and the last session was also about youth policy responses. And I agree that reflection is very important and such meetings are very good for reflection because usually when we are put in a normal practice, daily work, we don't have time to reflect. Here we have time. But there is always an expectation after such an event that there is uh, something going to change and especially on policy level, no? So, so what were your highlights? Yeah, I know. And partly to respond to what Sarah just uh, expressed, I would like to say that I understand even more the importance of appropriate measures to support uh, participation of unorganized young people now and not making the conditions and for such a support, unfriendly. Because, well, we often only focus on young people that are already part of national youth councils or something like that, but the crisis have activated young people like themselves. Well, while not mentioning the climate crisis by the crisis of democracy, and well, situations that affect health of young people. So they are on their feet already, but they do it for free. So I think in most of the countries in Europe, there are no such measures that could help them to have their voice in a more cured way. I mean, to have more power behind it. To tell your highlights as an organizer. I think this idea of rethinking the concept of adulthood, something very important today, uh, because regarding the circumstances and also what young people faced at the last couple of years, we need to think about, yes, what does adulthood mean currently? And it's something that I, I found very important and also to, to think about what is youth today also? What are their aspirations? What are their needs? I think it's also something important. And also what I would say, keep in mind, is also this idea of young people are diverse. Young people are not the same. They don't have the same, I would say, needs. They don't have the same aspiration. They don't come from the same, I would say, barriers. We need to take into account this diversity as well. And when we think about, of course, people living in rural areas, for instance, when we think about social conditions, when we think about ethnic background, young people with disability, maybe we should also think about this diversity maybe even more 
in the future because it's also this question of youth divide that is also prominent currently. I think that the very important element, what you also mentioned, sometimes explicitly, sometimes not, is the diversity that was here as well. This was what I, what I experienced in the workshops, especially when there is a chance to get closer to people and, and listen to what they think. And yeah, the diversity mm, in people themselves coming from very different backgrounds, very different parts of the world, managing to bring also Ukrainian participants, which I think is very important nowadays, not only to show solidarity, but also to take into account the very specific situation and the needs of young people and the situation of young people in Ukraine or being refugee outside. This diversity is always very empowering. And because yes, I think what you Katrin said, that it opens up a little bit things we maybe didn't take into account or we came with certain assumptions as well sometimes because we have assumptions. I mean, we live with, with assumptions and these events put these assumptions in question very often. And it put my assumptions in question very often during these two days and it's only two days. But as I said before, it's always very good and enriching and important to meet and to reflect together and talk together. And we talked a lot. So what's next? What's going to happen? And I'm not asking you what you're going to do now because you need a moment to think about it. But I am just curious if there is anything that you thought already that can actually influence your practice or your thinking as well. And what's next from the partnership side as well? Just one small thing about the diversity of participants. In one of the workshops, we were discussing about the role of trust between different actors. And trust is not just built uh, out of nowhere. Trust starts always with getting to know each other, speaking with each other, reflecting with each other, challenging each other, making sure that we are we have shared spaces for this. And I think these spaces are very important for this trust building because then based on this trust, some things can move forward. So all these, these kind of talents but with all the different people coming in provides a potential for this dialogue to happen because then it builds trust because people know each other and know of each other and know about each other. So I think it, it, it has a lot of attitude and value also for this. Do you want to continue on what's next? One thing which I think very important that I am, for example, taking with me is to really bring this topic into the agenda in the educational activities. So really to have youth transitions as a topic to be explored further with young people in educational activities, and also to bring this on a project level. So needing to have projects which will be addressing this as a theme, and then moving forward maybe to, to talking on a policy level, the ministerial level, to bring this as such, because I think this is one of the great, great possibilities after European level meetings that you bring this home. It's this kind of fire that is in here. Then you take your candle with that fire you bring in, and then you bring these issues back to the, to the country to put it in the agenda. So I think this for sure as a new, I would say area will be very present because more and more we see this as a need to, to address with the young people in the, in the activities. So that's for sure something I'm taking with me as a next step. I think that there's a lot to reflect on, actually, from a research perspective. There's a lot of scope to, to look at different aspects of the issues that were highlighted over the last two days. And one thing that struck me was, you know, one of the findings around the use of language and how particular groups of young people from different perspectives interpret different concepts or use of language. And 
and to be aware of that in policy development. I think another point that came up, and we saw it very much here in terms of diversity, was to capture the lived experience of all young people, you know, minority groups and those. I heard the term for the first time, actually, invisible youth used quite a lot over the last two days, but young people who are from more marginalised communities. So I think that's important. And so, yeah, reflection in terms of, of research, but definitely a lot of scope to, to, to explore in the research field. It's not only because of the event, but probably when I get back home and we will start renewing our laws in the youth sector, we have to act. We have to consider redefining young people, which will bring up many new, well, action lines, probably because if we lower the age or if we raise it, the upper limit, then we will need more resources as well, more lobbying, more, yeah, more political will behind it, everything like that. But I have heard youth workers in Estonia that the need is there. And now I have something to refer to because in the symposium, it was also discussed who are young people. And something I may probably promise myself and my colleagues here is that I should probably try to encourage my colleagues in CDJ, in the other ministries all over the Europe, uh, that they also committed more participating in these kind of flagship events, because I noticed here during these uh, days that there is a certain thirst or hunger among them, uh, the other partakers of the community of practice of the opinion of the policymakers, I noticed that they would have liked us to be more represented here. From the partnership perspective, I know you have just finished one big event and you are starting another one tomorrow morning. Yeah. So, uh, so there is a lot of happening here in Tirana, but what's next, how the topic will be taken on? Were there any thoughts already? I think there's two things. First of all, it's a solution lessons learned for us. It's the fact that it's important, I would say, to keep on organizing this kind of event, this kind of conference where people can meet youth worker practitioners, policymakers, researchers as well. I think it's something that we should and we must continue in the future. Of course, and it's something that shows that when we see the, the results of this symposium, that it's very important, I would say, for the youth actors. Regarding the topic of young people's transitions, I think that this symposium opened, I would say, many perspectives for, for us. And usually when we arrange this kind of event, it's like for us paving the way to something also new in terms of research projects, in terms of studies and, and so on. So now I think what we, what we do at the Youth Partnership is to sit around the table and to think about based on, I would say, the discussions, based on the contributions, what we could do. So, in terms of, uh, yes, new research projects, new studies, maybe other activities. And something that we will start right after the different meetings. Okay, so we're looking forward to the results of your discussions and see how this will progress. Thanks a lot for this, for your contribution to this episode. Yeah, that's it.